Who's your favorite in the KBO? The KBO? Mm-hmm. Am I supposed to know what that is? Yes. So KBO mm. is the uh, Korea Baseball Organization. Oh, right. So yeah, ever, since American sports are canceled, with, with good reason, I mean, I'm sure the NFL will, will be returning right on time and in a very safe manner, but... Um, ESPN, because of the dearth of uh, domestic sports content, has licensed uh, Korean baseball games, which are actually very fun. Um, I was unaware of this, but the... And we come back to this every couple of weeks, and I always say that Reddit's a bad place. But there, again, if you curate it right, there's some good spots. And the baseball subreddit's actually pretty good. And they've had a lot of good links to, like, uh, primers on um, who who is your KBO team and kind of how to, how to get into it. And it's, and it's very, very much like American baseball, and they're doing it with zero fans in, in attendance. But overall, it's still fairly interesting to watch. But the, the reason I bring this up, so if, if you don't have a team, that's that's okay. But. Well, I'm, saying, I'm sorry that I didn't really know what KBO was. I've been um, I've been too into UFC lately. So you you don't like you, you're not you don't like UFC, do you? Oh, I I very much don't. Good. It it it's it's a joke. Do we need to explain this one too? We we established that jokes are funnier when they're when they're explained. Wait, but is is there a joke, or is it just that MMA is is dumb and it's it's for? There you go. You 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 you're getting there. I was gonna say something, but I'm trying to say less controversial or things that are gonna get me canceled. <laughs> it's not, it's not even no MMA and all that stuff is just it's it's for Joe Rogany people, and and we'll get into that later. Put put a pin in that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so anyway, so so the KBO stuff, the only reason I bring this up is, so let me send you a link. So this was from Reddit. So the, the team names I, I really like in um, Korean baseball. So if you had to guess one of the teams, who would you think it is? You're putting me on the spot. I have no idea. Or sorry, what? there's one unique dynamic about Korean baseball that I like, which is kind of, it's kind of like taking the, the European soccer thing to the next level, because that's one... Sorry, I, I should explain that entire thread. So, in turn, like U.S. sports are very, very commercial, but they're commercial in a different way. And kind of the the U, the NBA has kind of sort of gone in that direction. Where have you ever sometimes accidentally watched um, like Premier League soccer? Uh, I sort of, yeah. I, I'm I'm aware of of what it is and how it's become kind of like a thing on weekend mornings here. <laughs> the morning show with bradley cooper yeah um no well like where uh european soccer like every uh player like they wear a jersey that has like an enormous corporate logo on it right and then the nba has kind of been like well we want we want to get on some of that scratch so now the lakers like they just have whatever wish is and um the warriors have rakuten emblazoned in like the upper right of the jerseys but yeah so but like american sports are very very commercial but they're generally not commercial down to like team names and apparel and then kind of like european soccer is kind of halfway there where i don't know who who's uh, lionel messi he's a player right correct he's one of the most famous players who's oh wait he also is rakuten interesting mm. Oh, it all, it all comes together. Some Steph Curry crossover there. <laughs> but no, the uh but with uh KBO, some of the team names they have the uh the Samsung Lions. Okay. And the uh and the LG Twins, which I think is kind of a missed opportunity because I just sent you a link 
And this was actually a very good play, and it's a very interesting... Um, wait, what? Why is... I've watched this clip that you sent me about six times, and I haven't been able to figure out what's remarkable about it. Oh, that he just, he just, uh, hold on, let me make sure this is the right clip. Yeah, he just hits a big dinger with, uh, but, of like, does it really, um, slyly with adjusting his glasses. Like, his glasses are slipping off his face, adjusts them, and just knocks it out of the park in a really very beautiful ballpark. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the reason I bring this up is that if you look, so he plays for the LG Twins. And then relevant to this show, if you look at his baseball helmet, uh, he's also part of the LG OLEDs because it has LG OLED TV on his uh, on his helmet. It's kind of a missed opportunity to not be like the LG Thin Qs or the LG Thinks or whatever we decided it was called. But yeah. But anyway, so it's, it's very commercial. Um, and I don't know, it would kind of be like if it, if the Giants got renamed um, like the like the Salesforce CRMs or something. We might get there. Baseball here in the States might particularly get there. I don't know if we need to go down that that tangent, but things aren't looking great for Major League Baseball. Yeah, it's it's fine. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I just the, just call the season a wash, I guess, because like because nobody's happy about it. They're not really going to salvage the the money right like i assume they like they kind of have to make an effort for it but the, t- the players aren't happy they're mad they're going through multiple rounds of pay cuts um the safety of the players can't be guaranteed and if you're a star player having to play for reduced pay and also potentially getting a career ending illness it's all it's all a bit of a mess no matter how you slice it and also baseball was also not like a top tier sport like i mean it is but it's not it's definitely uh, jockeying for third or fourth place in terms of like mindshare with Americans, right? Yeah, I, I'd say I'd say that's fair with a lot of demographics. Yeah, you know, I it, it took kind of just a random, kind of a, just a random little side note, but it, it is baseball related. Mm-hmm. I really wish I would have taken a screenshot. I might have taken a screenshot and sent it in our slack i I don't remember but there was a giants preseason game that was scheduled for i think it was the same day well it was it was the the day after the evening where the nba postponed its season and then the nhl was going to follow suit that that following day and the giants were supposed to have a preseason game and of course you know they they didn't and the Bleacher Report push notification was that, you know, the, the Giants are postponing this game. They hope to, like, re, uh, reschedule it soon. And I even, I remember thinking at the time just, like, how profoundly ridiculous that was, that they were going to, they, they were about to probably have to cancel their entire regular season. And and their, the statement that they put out was that, oh, we're going to try to reschedule this preseason game. It just, it sort of enc- encapsulated sort of just how sudden and how kind of unprepared everybody was for for when this all started yeah we're we're not going to get into it because we don't i don't think we have a whole lot to contribute here but uh but the whole the the crossover of sports and the whole like reopen the economy kind of thing it's a very fraught issue and i kind of don't feel like anybody's happy about it or that anything's actually going to be good about it i like we we've discussed where the real test is going to be how things play out when um football tries to return i've I've got i've got a a slightly different take on that 
I haven't made a take yet. Well, I, oh, I, okay. <laughs> do, do you have you have a hot take you want to make? No, but my my take was not having a take. Okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna put in a take here then. Okay. I actually think the NFL will will probably figure something out. Um, it's not going to be business as usual, which is kind of what they've been putting out there. But I, I think they're they're going to figure something out. What does that actually mean? I, I think they'll have they'll have a season. They'll they'll logistically make something work. the The real flashpoint is actually going to be even a little bit earlier than the NFL. It's going to be within about the next six weeks, I think. And it's going to be college football because college football is not happening this year. I don't think. I think college football across the board basically is just is just going to have to skip this season, and that's that's going to be a really really complicated topic. Well, but I thought there was that one guy. There was a let me see. Yeah, there there was one jackass. But you even you have like even Nick Saban who. It's the head coach of Alabama, who I am no fan of. He's he's out there properly wearing his face mask, telling people kind of all the, the guidelines they should follow and how, you know, he's going to be, you know, extremely cautious with the whole situation and everything. So I, th- there's always going to be a jackass, which we've seen. But um, I think there's going to be a, a general sentiment that college football is just not going to be able to happen this year and that's that's just going to have ramifications in a in a lot of places we're going to move off this topic because it's not going to be very productive but you don't feel that the whole political overlap and dynamics of this is going to end up like if if people who have an unhealthy uh attachment to sports specifically football are going to find this as a flashpoint for why America just needs to uh, man up and uh, just let a whole bunch of old people die because they want to they want to watch people uh, tackle each other. No, because it's it's ultimately going to be university administrators that are going to be making these decisions because football can't happen if campuses aren't open. No, no, but what? what, But I I don't mean forcing the hand of whether sports happens or not. I'm talking about all those decisions then bleeding over into the political and social spheres and motivating that conversation. Well, that's that's what I'm. That's what I mean is going to happen. Like, it, there's going to there's going to be a lot of blowback from when I think the inevitable announcement comes that there's not going to be a college football season. Uh. So I told you you're driving this week. That was that's about all I had organized <laughs> today. Because well, actually, now I got one more thing. So it's it it's been too hot for my brain to function. Um. Can you talk me out of buying a horribly energy efficient and probably very noisy portable air conditioning unit? Probably not, because I think the lady friend and I are also going to be buying one here probably pretty soon. We've resisted for a long time. I mean, well, there wasn't really much of a need to resist when we lived in San Francisco. Um, But then when we moved up to Marin, you know, we thought about it, but you know, storage is kind of limited in our house. And the reality is that we would, you know, only use this thing occasionally. Are are you telling me that you haven't figured out an extra, uh, an outdoor storage solution system? Don't, don't tempt me, Carlos. This, this might be my opening for a fourth shed. What's what's the thing about Vancouver? Like in in New York, uh, if you, if you can't build, uh, you have, you just start building up. 
Mm. Yeah, it starts just start do, stacking it, sheds. Yeah, the shed high rises. Okay, have you written down the, that title yet? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Uh, don't <laughs> you know what? Don't don't uh, explain how the sausage, the sausage is made. How how dare you? <laughs> um. So yeah, I, I'm not going to be able to talk you out of one because I I think we're probably going to buy one. Well, so the part that I would take issue with for you though, I I. I don't know. I haven't watched this old house in a very long time, but like that's because like I, again, cozy apartment where my understanding is that those air conditioners, one, are not only are they horribly energy inefficient, no matter how much better they've gotten, like it's like that thing is barely going to be able to cool like a 550 square foot apartment. Like why can't you, like if you intend to live where you're going to live for a while, why can't you just like retrofit like central air proper? Like, I know that's going to be very, very costly, but if you intend to live, like, at that place for five or more years, like, I assume that also adds value when you sell the house. So why why not? Just because it seems like you just, so is only the office going to be cool? Well, it, it, it's primarily for when we sleep. So, you know, I I really dislike sleeping when it's super warm. The lady friend does, too. And while uh you know our our newborn can't give us any kind of verbal feedback along those lines i i presume that she i think she probably can <laughs> yeah, well actually yeah maybe she could is crying nonverbal oh <laughs> uh, fair point so mm-hmm. that that's sort of what we're consider you know considering now with with rethinking about whether we want to get one of these things i mean yeah we could put in ac but you know you're i mean that would be thousands and thousands of dollars to do something like that oh yeah but but this lg the the wire cutter pick for like the only quiet and vaguely energy efficient air conditioner is 650 dollars. so i thought it was like isn't it 550 no it's 700 dollars, and then home depot oh, has it on sale right. but not in stock for 650 <laughs> on, on sale but not available yeah like my issue and my my logic for it is one like it's 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 just been really really warm, and also my apartment has many has lots of windows, so my my apartment's just like one big greenhouse. Um, and also like if I'm going to be stuck working from home a bunch, and I don't really want to have the windows open during calls, like it, and even if I have the windows open, it doesn't get that much cooler. Like I kind of have to fit. Like it feels like it's worth it, even if I were to like buy it for the current price, and even if I have no place to store it, like sell it for half of what it's worth after summer's over, and then. I would have just paid $400 to not be sweating 40 hours a week for the summer. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, we're, we're basically in, in the same situation. I mean, it's like miserably hot in the house during the day. Um, I mean, we, we also do have the additional outlet, which is we have a pool. So that <laughs> that's, although can't, you know, can't take zoom calls while in the pool. Although yes, you can. <laughs> have definitely been jumping in the pool for a couple of minutes at a time like literally just to cool off but um but no i mean i the the central ac thing like m- maybe at some point that would be something we we'd think about but that would be a much kind of longer term thing but at, for like an immediate need we're thinking that one of these these portable acs yeah it might be something we need now yeah 
and then also on that beat in terms of uh unnecessary uh work from home inspired purchases have we already talked about my espresso machine ambitions uh not not on this program but you and i have talked about them online offline yes yeah so you're a bad influence where Mm -hmm. but the problem is it's it's completely unaffordable so you have i was it ever an official chef's special it was mm-hmm. okay. So the Breville, like, so the one I had been eyeing for the past eighteen months, which I had decided against because the um, the top mounted grinder on most of the Breville home espresso machine models is just slightly too high for the kitchen cabinets that I have. But since I have, because of my fancy pour over setup, I already have a better than what's built in coffee grinder so i just wouldn't actually really use that well actually, let me make a point of order mm. point of clarification am i required to use that mm. so you yeah, wouldn't fill in the details you wouldn't be required but a couple of things to consider with that one is i don't think the top of the machine would look very good if you just took the um bean canister off of it because there's still the base of the grinder, which is fixed to the machine, that would basically be sticking out the top. So it'd look kind of weird. The deal is that my kitchen cabinets are, they have 16 and a half inches of clearance on it. The uh, Breville machines with the grinder attached are 16 inches high. So basically, I would have to slide the, if I wanted to use the built-in grinder, I would have to slide it like in and out like forward like 10 inches anytime i wanted to load beans which seems like kind of a pain in the ass well that's that's what i have to do but you only have to put beans in there once every couple of weeks or so depending on how much you use it Mm -hmm. yeah i mean any kind of any kind of kitchen standard because i think losing some freshness with that just fyi but I, i i'm yeah i'm not quite that fussy with my coffee i mean it's it's um it's what you might call it. It's a it's a sealed canister. So I mean, I'm Not sure really. it, it is. It's got like the little rubber gasket thing on the on the lid. Oh, does it? Because I, I went and saw. I because I've been going. I've been waffling back and forth. Like my leading candidate was the Breville Barista Touch, which I think I'm kind of leaning against now, only because like I forget what the advantage of that one was over the Barista Express, which is your leading pick. Well, the downside is this thing has a big ass ugly screen on it. No offense, no offense if you buy this one, but it, the the screen's not not to my liking. Yeah, I, it it doesn't doesn't bother me. Uh, like I I think the it, the benefit of it was that it heated faster, and there was something about the milk frother thing that was better. That so that that it's funny the the heating thing is funny because when I was looking at them, I noticed that that was a feature that seemed to be very um, in demand. And I, I'm, I'm looking now at the barista touch and it says that it can heat itself up in three seconds. And I would say that ours probably takes, I don't know, 15 to 20 seconds maybe from the first you know moment that I turn it on. And I mean, there's never been a single instance where in that 15 or 20 seconds, I was like, God, I wish this thing was Too faster so. at heating that, up. That's an entire news cycle. <laughs> um, 
God, where, 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 where were we? This is, there's like an onion within this one topic. No, no. Um, it's so, it's so one, it was whether or not this will fit under the cabinets and whether or not the, using the built-in grind, that's where we were, you, it, whether the built-in grinder is essential. I guess I had misunderstood when we originally talked about this and I thought maybe you had some like non-standard kitchen cabinet hype because I think, I mean, I know this from just having had a kitchen remodeled, like, you know, there's actual like local code that dictates how much clearance there has to be between your kitchen countertop and the bottom of your cabinets. And so I thought maybe you had had some kind of non, non-standard height. And so that the machine with the bean canister on top of it, like literally just wouldn't fit underneath your cabinets. But you're just saying that you ha- you'd have to slide it out to take the lid off. Like basically, if I were to use it as assembled, I would have like a quarter to half an inch clearance above uh, for the thing. Oh, we, I mean, yeah, I have maybe an inch and a half or two inches, but I, I, I do have to slide the machine out not only to replace the beans, but also to fill the uh, water tank because the water tank is in the back and it slides up. And so you need, you know. You don't need quite as much clearance because the water tank sits lower than the bean canister, but but I have to slide the machine out to get to that too. That doesn't bother me. Yeah. So the 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 main thing here is so uh, because of the, the extended work from home thing, and also just because like I, I kind of miss espresso drinks, um, where the pour over. Not that it's getting old. I still very much enjoy it, but I kind I kind of really ever pour over was a great thing when. Two times a week, I could all sit us on the way to work, just pop into fills and uh, or equator and get something that's different than just standard like black coffee with some oat milk in it. So that's where I kind of want it now. But the issue is that um, because everybody's working from home and this is maybe an in-demand product, uh, there are no sales whatsoever on this. And if I wait three months and just kind of sit on the purchase, then most of the desire and utility for it is gone. So it's kind of I, I don't I don't know what to do here. So I, I just sent you a thing in the thing. If you're not going to use the grinder, why don't you just get one of Breville's machines that doesn't have a grinder? I assume this is somehow not as good, and also it's only a hundred hundred and twenty dollars cheaper. So if I was going to not use the grinder, why wouldn't I just get the one where? Like I assume there's some type of compromise in here, like because it, it's because it's it's narrower. So there's more there's something that it's missing. Yeah, it's missing a grinder. But the thing is narrower. Like, I, I refuse to believe that a third of the other machine, like, dimensions-wise, is literally just a conical burr grinder. Uh, I mean, I maybe maybe look into some reviews, but, th- I mean, something like this would make way more sense to me than buying a machine with a grinder that you're then not going to use. Well, but now that you've told me that I can just have st- stale beans in it for, th- for uh, three seasons... Like I, I don't, I could just leave, leave all the beans in there. And also I didn't realize the water tank was kind of inaccessible in other ways. So if I'm going to have to slide, if it's going to be sliding all around, um, <laughs> then that's a callback to an old episode. It is. Yeah, nice. Um, just why not? Because the problem is like this, cause there's another one called like the Bambino touch or something like there, like if I was going to go cheap, like I could just get that there's yeah. The Bambino, oh, the Bambino, plus. the Bambino, yeah. Bambino plus. Yeah. Excuse me. So like basically just like with with the cost difference, I might as well get the one where if I ever do have like if if I mo- like move in and there's a spot where I don't have low cabinets or like I if I'm stuck on a kitchen island or something and I can just stick it there and then I have no issues. 
So wait, but I, so it, unless I'm just looking at weird like Breville manufacturer suggested retail prices, I'm seeing that the Barista Touch is like double the price of these units. That no, no, I, I would be getting the Barista Express. Oh, you would be getting the machine that I have. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah. The the analog the analog buttons and stuff. It it looks nicer, I think. And, and you know, I'm I'm Mister Smart Home, so it it. It takes a lot for me to say I don't want a screen in something, but I think I said this to you offline. Then kitchen appliances, I don't, I don't really want a, a screen. Refrigerator, don't want a screen. Microwave, don't want a screen. You don't want how much time is left. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I, sh- I don't want a um, what RGB screen or what? I don't want some big like color screen. I want just a little digital readout. Yeah. So anyway, so so what, g- g- give me some context here or either either egg me on or talk me out of this where because the issue here is that, again, it's not going on sale anytime soon. And it looks like the machines based off of Slick Deal's pricing history and looking on Camel, 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 um, the machine that I want tends to sometimes maybe three times a year drop down into the 450 to 500 range versus its current going rate of 700 pretty much everywhere. And again, in three months, I won't really care anymore just because like, I just probably won't be working at home as much, so it, just, it won't matter. So I'm having difficulty squaring that $250. That, yeah, that, that, part's, that part is hard to square. Like in a, in a situation like mine where I'm using this thing all the time, I mean... Having just remodeled our entire kitchen, I still feel confident saying that despite everything else that's new and awesome about the kitchen, like this little espresso machine might be my favorite part of the kitchen. Like I I love this little thing, use it basically every day, sometimes multiple times a day. Um, and that's, that's going to continue to be the case for me for the foreseeable future. So um, I would have no reservations even paying the full $700 for this thing but but could understand how your your calculus would be a little different if if you don't think you're going to be in this for the long term yeah and unfortunately Breville's one of those brands where it's exempt from every um Ugh, every store's coupons yeah because because it's i don't, I don't want to uh, confess to any like federal crimes or anything but but the the bed bath and beyond coupon system is very easy to game <laughs> if you're if you're buying anything from bed bath and beyond and it's not somehow with a you just moved uh 20 off coupon i <laughs> it's like uh, what, what's the thing there's there's something where like don't ever trust somebody who i don't know anyway those were uh those were fun times back in the holiday season of 2019 where people's main focus was finding a Bed Bath & Beyond location that would actually accept a 20% off coupon on on one of these uh, Breville machines because that, that was definitely a thing that I saw. Yeah, and and like and here's the thing like I would maybe chance that of just like go like in in the old times I would maybe chance it and just be like hey, do you know does this coupon apply to and just play dumb? But right now I'm not I'm not doing trying to do curbside pickup and art and haggle. I was going to say point. probably yeah harder to haggle uh, curbside. Yeah, maybe like just fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah. So this is this. Yeah. William Sonoma, Best Buy, Crate and Barrel, and um, Bed Bath and Beyond all seem to be kind of the places I'm scoping out. And I am even opted into promotional emails from all of them. I have a slick deal alert for this. 
and I just feel like I'm not going to get anywhere. And then it's going to be like mid July and I'm going to pay full price. And then like three and a half weeks later, it's going to go on sale. And then I'm just going to walk into the ocean. <laughs> so w- what are you remind me? What do you, what would you make with this thing? Are you making like lattes? lattes? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hot right. or ice lattes. Cause you can also use this to make ice lattes, right? Cause you just need the espresso shot and some ice and some milk and that's it. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've never done it, but yeah, that's that's all that's all there is. So I don't see why that wouldn't work. Um, I've I've never made a latte for myself with this thing. I've I've made lots and lots of lattes for, well, primarily for the lady friend, and before people weren't allowed to come to our house anymore, had made it for some friends. Um, so I I, I cannot personally attest to how the uh, milk frothing is, but but I've. I've had good feedback from people, I guess I would say. Are are you, are you uh, an expert with latte art? That's the one part of it that I haven't really um invested uh invested the time because there there's a little bit of a learning curve just pulling the espresso and then an additional learning curve with frothing the milk. So I feel like I'm just now at a point where I'm proficient with those two things. And I actually was just thinking recently that the art is probably the next thing I need to to practice. Yeah. And that's, that's like half of it where I like the, the whole mechanic, like it's the same, same way about like the ritual and the fun of making pour over is just kind of like the, um, hands-on nature of it. So I feel like that. Oh, I, I love that. Yeah. yeah. I, I love that part of it. That the, the, the process of making even just an espresso with this machine is awesome. And there's, there's lots of little details. Like it has a, um, hot instant hot water spigot. So you can, heat your glass beforehand and then the the top of the machine which is where the warm water is stored also acts as like a um warming pad so you can you know heat your glass with hot water put it up there on the the heating pad so it stays nice and warm while you're grinding the beans and getting those ready and tamping those down and the, the whole thing is it's it's a it's a great way to start the day And I kind of want to make these Wally lattes, so that's that's also mm. part of it. So I don't know. So I we'll see how desperate I get because like every every day I wait, and if I end up paying full price, I'm gonna be, I'm just gonna be madder and madder. But also, if it goes on sale right after the return policy or price match policy expires, I'll be so pissed. So well, you don't you know obviously don't give out any sort of proprietary or secret information here. But um, how confident are you that you're going to be not having to use this machine in three months? Hmm? Like, are you are you sure you're not still going to be primarily working from home in three months? Uh, no, uh, like that that that's always in flux. So, like, that's not what I'm banking on. But I'm just saying that, like, if if I know for like the next two months or whatever, the guaranteed I'm going to be at home basically all the time. Like, that's that's the time when it's most valuable. So, if I spend all that time waiting, and then it's no like it, once it's no longer relevant, then like just every day that i chose not to buy it is just it's it's all it's wasted money in in the other direction if that makes sense what are you what are you wasting that money on nothing but like it's just like if i have like if you if i hem and haw over it for 5 weeks and just middle of uh middle of july i choose to buy it and i and i finally gave into buying it at 699 then the opportunity cost of all that other time i could have been sipping on ice lattes while i had a very ineffectual uh portable air conditioner i i have no idea yeah, I would just I I mean I I would buy I would buy this thing 
Well, so, so says the guy who's who got it for four thirty. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah, you, uh, you you go pay full price. Yeah. Um, well, I I again I I would if put in the same position now, but um, I mean you would you, you, even okay even in some awesome world will come the fall you know like things are getting back to normal you're you're back at your normal day job even if you're just using this thing like on days off like that's still something right oh no most definitely but it's just that again it's key it's key window for utility is 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 fleeting Hmm. so yeah anyway uh start the show follow up sure Oh, I mean, I guess maybe the the last the last thing is you don't have any like uh, Best Buy reward dollars or anything you can, you can cash in. Best Buy reward dollars didn't wasn't that don't you get like five dollars back for every what hundred and fifty bucks you spend there? I'm I'm not a berry and I, and I don't have a reward zone card. Rewards reward zone. That's what I was trying to think of. Yeah. Um, I actually do spend a decent amount at, like, I, like I, I, I shop at Best Buy more than I would think, but it's generally very purposeful because Best Buy has been a much better place to shop. I think that's, that's where I bought, um, that's where I bought Roomba. That's where whenever a hard drive in my Synology gives up the ghost, I go and buy a couple of hard drives and shuck them. And that's, yeah, I, I actually shop at Best Buy enough because they, they have a good price match policy and also the regular prices on stuff that's like not like cables is very fair and competitive yeah i you know during the shelter in place um times that we're in whenever i've had to buy something that i think would be available at best buy i i have looked there first just because it'd be convenient to be able to go to our local best buy and you know i'd I'd like to support our local best buy but i've like (laughs) i've had like well you, you, you know what i mean I they're, feel they're individually family owned. <laughs> uh, it feels a little bit better than just like ordering something off of Amazon. I guess no, is what it, I'm trying it, to say. it is because yeah, like I mean, like being a blue shirt is kind of like a rite of tradition for a large amount of Americans. So I can't, I want I want to perpetuate that a little in, bit, including the two hosts of the show. <laughs> I, n- no, for opsec reasons, one one might not have gotten it done. <laughs> Anyway, okay, yeah, so... Uh, we'll, have to, we'll have to cut that out. <laughs> Why? Nobody's going to know what that means. How are they going to look that up? It's been, it's been, it's been long enough now. Um, Statute of limitations. <laughs> you know, nobody's going nobody's gonna to talk about... Nope, that, that, that would have been too personal. Or that, yeah. Um, Old Best Buy is not new Best Buy. Yeah. Because um, that's because the rocket fish now. Right. All right. right, right. So um, no. So, but anyway. So to 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 put a to put a bow on on that, I I have not been able to buy anything from Best Buy because everything I've wanted's been like out of stock or just unavailable. So I haven't I haven't had much luck at Best Buy and haven't shopped at Best Buy in, in quite some time. Can you give me an example of something you would have wanted to buy that was out of stock? Um. Well, there there is one very specific example, but um. It's probably going to be a future chef special, so I don't want to give it away here. Gotcha. Uh, real quick before we move off the espresso maker thing, Amazon has a used one Mm-mm-mm. that is an Amazon warehouse deal that's nope. $370, and it just nope. says it's dented. That's it. Nope. Yeah, I know, but... That, that's past. You could also take just something out of the advertising funds and just square cash me 250 and then this conversation would be moot. 
the the advertising funds i don't know if you've looked at those lately carlos they're um they're low are we are we down to two spots instead of four mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. one of one of those is a house ad a house ad mm-hmm. what does that mean that means that it's it's a ad of something that just we're promoting for ourselves you're you're killing me. you're killing me this week with the first with the UFC thing now with the house ad thing you're, you're making me explain all my zingers. I don't think that's what house ad means. I'm pretty sure it is. Like because uh, no, like if ESPN's promoting their own thing, like that's just like a, a that's a house promo. That's right. Otherwise known as a house ad. House ad. I'm I'm just I'm ready to accept your apology here. No, the first two pages of Google results do not back you up, so I'm just gonna move on. <laughs> And that's the rule of Google. If you have to go on to the third O, then it's, it's not true. It's all fake news after that. It's actually quite a bit of truth to that. <laughs> if you're ever like having to click on the third O, like you're you're desperate and you're probably wrong, and you should just close the tab. Yeah, that's been my my mm-hmm. life lesson. Disney. Yeah. Do you want you want to start the show? I'm just going to coast on autopilot because I haven't had my coffee, <laughs> so you can just talk about Disney for a bit. Yeah, so to continue the conversation we had last week about things just sort of like happening a lot more quickly than I would have guessed, um, the the Disney Corporation has formally submitted their reopening plans to the state of Florida for Walt Disney World, and I assume that process is is basically just a rubber stamp process because I I think everything in Florida basically is open now, so. Don't I don't see a ton of resistance there, especially given statements by the governor, et cetera, et cetera. But no need to go down that route here. July 11th is the proposed reopening date, which I I a few weeks ago would have thought there was an absolute just zero percent chance that not only these Disney parks but theme parks in general would would reopen anytime in 2020 and you've got um universal studios i think they're opening their parks in florida next week um i had just seen a a headline about the san diego parks opening up i i think also next month um like it's this isn't just a disney thing this is like a a theme park slash sort of just like everything thing like i I guess we're just sort of reopening everything now which hmm Still not quite sure what to make of that. We're 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 going to rehash. We're we're, we're going to talk about stuff that we've already talked about just so much. So I'm not sure we have a whole lot to. It's just yeah. I guess the, the way the way that I would sort of like sum all this up is that it's just weird to think that come July we're going to be in a world where like things like theme parks are just open. That just doesn't doesn't seem right to me well and but. the bigger problem is that like because like i've unfortunately had to do like a decent amount of errands recently um and 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 going outside and still like being respectful and distancing and all that kind of stuff but there's a lot of people who are just doing the most half-assed job of even the bare minimum of, of like the lazy american response to this where people are basically like they have a mask around their neck but it's like down unless they're vaguely near another person in which case they keep touching them like everybody's doing just the laziest job so i i I, i'm sorry but i I don't necessarily believe in america to do the right thing and even though cases are down and testing's up and all kind of stuff like i i just don't think we're equipped to deal with it and and overall we're probably gonna 
we're we're, we're going to do badly with this. I mean, we're we may as well just integrate this topic here because I don't think it's going to end up being like a full separate topic. But like my big thing in the Slack this week has just been all the to use the phrase again, jackassery around face mask wearing and how that has somehow also become this political thing is just beyond upsetting. Like just just wear a face mask. It's it's so easy to do. It's so inexpensive to do. Even if it only helps a little bit and it probably helps more than just a little bit, but even if it's just a little bit, like why not do it? It's so easy. But it's hot and outside it's, and it's kind of uh, uncomfortable. Uh, uh, but it's hot. Mm. Makes you look like a wimp. Uh, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't find where where is the thread that um because there was one good link in here. Um Oh, there we go. Okay, 13 replies. Oh yeah, there's just like there's just been like this cavalcade of like dumb Republican politicians just like I, I can't tell if it's like performance art where they're just like trying to there was the one guy, did you see the guy who'd had the thing about he tried to go buy a toaster and he's and they wouldn't let him in because of a ma- like there, there's so many people that are just doing like dumb, stupid straw man arguments just to point out that America's not America if you have to do the bare minimum of public safety. It's all really like you, you, I, I recommend that you pick maybe your three favorite links out of um out of uh, out of your uh, collection here, um. But so much of it's stupid, and 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 it kind of all leads to the top with our with our dumb president, who who thinks it makes him look weak. And also, we won't we won't get into it, but the Biden campaign has been very um, like their whole thing for the past couple of months has been very weird. But apparently, they're leaning into this as like some cultural um flashpoint where his Twitter advert uh Twitter profile icon is now him and a- uh, Joe Biden, not Donald Trump is Joe Biden with aviator sunglasses and a, and a mask. And I don't know, like it, it's all complicated and weird and it's not worth talking about, but it's, 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 I agree that it's dumb that this is now like this cultural touchstone of, of uh, red versus blue and, and all that dumb nonsense. <sighs> okay. A, a moratorium on unhappy things. Sure. Let's do it. All right. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I pulled up the new business section and it's Ryan's new beat wear a fucking mask. I'm like, that's not positive. <laughs> oh, can we, well, this is going to be kind of upsetting, but it's going to be, we're going to, uh, we're going to spin it as positive. So work from home setups. You, you have a very, very interesting setup right here. And I know I, there's a whole lot to discuss here and I want to know, I want to know every piece of this and we'll, we'll each, we'll, we'll take turns on this, but you, you sent a picture of a very, um, interesting setup. Yeah, interesting is definitely one word for it. I do not think there's, and this is this is not to uh, call you out, but I believe there's not a single thing that is of the same brand on this desk. There's not. No, this is not a uh, looker, um, as as the kids would say. Um, so I a couple of weeks ago ended up um, breaking down and buying one of these. Um, kind of i guess standing desk converters where you you basically put this big plastic thing on top of your nice desk and then your keyboard mouse monitor etc all sit on top of this thing and then it, it can adjust in height and basically simulate what a like a true standing desk would do so i had a couple of coworkers who bought this this specific 
um, model. Um, there's like 18,000 of these things out there. So like part of the reason why I hadn't even like started looking at them was because I just, I didn't really want to spend the time to like research a ton of them. But after getting a couple of good recommendations and because of the relatively inexpensive price, I kind of just, just went with this one and I'll, um, I'll put a, I'll put a link, uh, I'll put a link in the notes so, so people can kind of see this, see this for themselves. So quick point of order or clarification here, uh, looking at the, the fit to eyes, uh, I think that's how you pronounce the brand name. I, I guess so. <laughs> um, I was wondering, I'm like, how, so like it says under the sturdy and sleek section, 33 pounds. I was like, I was about to Google it. I'm like, how much, does, like if I wanted this, how much does an, a, a 27 inch iMac weigh? But then right below it says sturdy enough to hold two monitors or your beloved iMac. Well, so that, that's a that's a good segue into the the one issue with it that I had right away, which is so this thing is 36 inches wide, which again, I didn't do like an exhaustive amount of research on these things. I just don't really have the time of the day anymore to to be be doing that. Um and but from what I could tell yeah, that's probably what I should do. I, I've got that Breville espresso machine, just make more espresso. Mm-hmm. Um, 36 inches wide, which is what mine is, seems to be a pretty standard width. I'm sure you can find some that are wider than that, but generally speaking, that's about as wide as I saw. Fitting two monitors on this thing seems precarious, unless they were like, 22 or maybe 24 inch monitors and you kind of had them like angled like i don't so i'm I'm looking at a 24 inch monitor now on mine and unless i angled them there's no way i'd be able to fit two of those on here um and that was sort of the immediately the problem that i ran into was that so i have a monitor right and then I have my laptop screen, which I I occasionally like to use as a second display. And the immediate problem that I ran into was that my laptop didn't really fit comfortably on on the standing desk converter with my monitor. I could have it kind of hanging precariously off the side, but especially when it was in its standing configuration that I didn't feel very good about that. So that's where the the pick, the chef special that I provided last week fits in, which is I got that little um, swivel arm that the that my laptop now sits on. And so it it can now sort of comfortably extend beyond the uh, the edge of the standing desk converter. So that's what my laptop is sitting on in the picture that I sent you. Was my pick from last week. Interesting. Um <laughs> then just to kind of um kind of do a little chef's kiss on just how sort of um janky and unconventional this whole setup is the the little stand that my laptop sits on so the way that it that it works out of the box it has a clamp that that you know is supposed to just like clamp onto the edge of your desk and so I looked at it before I bought it and I 
I looked at the standing desk converter when it when it's in its lowest configuration. So like when I'm sitting down, kind of how much clearance I had from the top of my real desk to the bottom of the standing desk converter where the clamp would have to go onto. And there was actually like quite a bit of space. So I, I sort of just thought like, well, surely the clamp that this that this laptop arm comes with is gonna fit no problem. But of course, take that thing out of the box, go to install it. The clamp is just absolutely massive and ends up not fitting when the standing desk converter is in its lowest height configuration. So it has an alternative way of setting it up where you actually drill a hole in your desk and it then takes up you know far less space underneath because then instead of this massive clamp, you're actually just... Um, screwing in a bolt through the the bottom of your desk. So so I drilled a hole in this standing desk converter and then installed the the laptop arm that way. So yeah, now I have a sort of nice standing desk setup that does not look particularly great, but for my work day actually ends up being mostly functional uh is this motorized or is this like a like how how do you how do you, so what's what's the process of taking it from seated to standing it's hydraulic i guess so there's a little lever on the side of it and you ah, okay and you manually lower it and raise it but it, it's actually pretty easy and smooth to do okay um and it's you know it's it's um it's relatively well designed like it's very sturdy doesn't you know doesn't wobble at all it's it's got a very large keyboard tray which is nice um yeah i mean it's for for what it is and for the price i mean it's a, it's 150 bucks so you know it, it was relatively affordable um i mean the, the biggest issue is just how it looks like it's it's comparing this <laughs> setup to you know, a, just a traditional standing desk is, you know, there's just no, no comparison, but, um, and the, I guess the other thing too, or the kind of the other direction I could have gone with this is, you know, the wire cutter actually has like a full section on both standing desks and standing desk converters, but their standing desk converters are, I mean, they're really expensive. I think the one they recommend is like five or six hundred bucks, and the one that they recommend I don't even actually care for because it it really doesn't support multiple monitors. It's really just kind of a single monitor setup. So it was way way more expensive, and ultimately, like, would really wouldn't be what I was looking for. So, um, so anyway, and it ended up with uh, the setup that I have, which um, you know, it's. It's not the most aesthetically pleasing thing in the world, but, but it's, but it's functional. So yeah, whatever makes the work day better. Yep. It is really nice to stand. I'm standing right now and that's, that's, that's quite nice. And then is the, the thing in the, the rear, cor uh, rear corner, is that a document scanner or a printer? That's a document scanner. Hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a little brother kind of, um, scan snap knockoff. It's actually the wire cutter's pick. Um, I don't particularly love it, which is why it's never been a chef special. It's so-so, but it's not not quite as reliable as you'd want with a document scanner. But um, 
but yeah, that's what that is. The the I have a, a laser printer and that, but that lives that lives in a closet in the other part of the house. Little Brother Scanner is George Orwell's less popular <laughs> book. Um, yeah, neat. Again, yeah, I mean, like this has been somewhere where I've been kind of also waffling, similar to the espresso machine, where it's kind of like, do I want to uh, abandon the desk I got fourteen months ago? But this, this is, yeah, again, it's not the prettiest thing in the world, but it does look very, very functional. And as like kind of a stopgap solution for like the season, um, at the very least, it, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the two biggest things with this setup are it really didn't cost very much. I mean, the, the laptop stand and the standing desk converter together were about $200. So not, not terribly expensive. And probably more importantly, did not require me to make any sort of like permanent alterations to the setup in here. So, I mean, this this setup here can literally just be gone tomorrow if it had to be. So, um, so not a not a ton of cost, and I'm not kind of locking myself into this setup long term. So, you know, if if there comes a time when I can safely start working in an office again, you know, then this then this setup, you know, we could we could probably could get rid of. And you can just put this on like a little floaty and then use it in the pool. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, interesting. Okay, cool. Um, so what? So what's your so what's your work from home update? You're still just kind of just uh, it's, it's it's the same except it's uh, much more humid and hot. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's 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 fine. My my issue is just that like I I just have a, a a junky HP laptop that I don't really like. Um and yeah, just like I'm very used to my um fancy Mac setup with a split keyboard and like a nice trackball and I kind of don't feel like buying that twice for a um like a work laptop. So therefore, like I just, I I don't love the setup right now, but I don't really have the space to have like a separate desk and like monitor setup for that type of thing you've it's funny we have like almost the the same problem but like in the opposite direction where so one of my main hesitations with getting an iMac for the house is that you know I previously only worked from home one or two days a week and really am just not at my computer very much otherwise when I'm at home um but now that I'm working from home all the time, I I would love to have this big, beautiful 5K uh, display. But it it because we only have one office space, and there you know shortly is going to be two of us working here in the house. You know, like that. My my work setup is not going to be in the same physical space every day. So that's where like. And the iMac really can't live in two places at once. So that's kind of the the big hang up with that. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I keep I like I, I think ultimately I do want one of these. I think the brand's either Fully or Jarvis. I don't know if, if those are two separate companies or if Jarvis is the name of a Fully desk. But um, yeah, the problem, like, I don't know, I just really like my desk. And I really like the integrated file cabinet and the materials and all that kind of stuff where I just kind of don't want to toss that out. But I... After a long day of sitting, even with this little um, foot thingy, like I kind of like I, my, the bad posture instinct um, sets in. So is is the 
the standing desk you're looking at is that like one of the just traditional like electronic motorized standing desks yeah pretty much what do, what do those things cost uh but for for a mediocre one seven hundred dollars for the nice one fourteen hundred well that that's actually less than what I was thinking it would be yeah um yeah so we'll we'll see i probably i probably won't do it I, again i think the biggest quality of life improvements if i'm gonna splurge on a couple of things right now would be that air conditioner and um an espresso machine yeah if, if you're all jacked up on caffeine you won't remember that you're seated so <laughs> you want to round things out with the, the the hbo max stuff uh yes there was one yes oh, did, I, did i miss something up above that no, there was one other thing that I will remember somehow. But yeah, let's talk about HBO Max. So ha- so happy HBO Max Day. Happy Maximus to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so as we discussed, I think a couple of weeks ago at this point, there, there was a lot of uncertainty still around how exactly you would gain access to this service. So there was some clarity around if you were in HBO, I'm already going to start screwing this up. What's what's the over-the-top service? Is that HBO Now? HBO Now is the one that's over-the-top but does not require a cable subscription. Right. So if you were an HBO Now subscriber, literally what would happen is like if you were on an Apple TV, like the next time that that app updated it would just literally become hbo max and you were just you were good to go now where it got more confusing was if you were a i guess traditional hbo subscriber where you were subscribing through your cable provider and you were then granted access to hbo go which is the sort of uh streaming app that gives you basically like on-demand access to to HBO's library in addition to having access to HBO on your um, cable subscription. Um, and what what Warner had been saying, or I guess what AT&T had been saying is, you know, surprise, surprise, if you were um, an AT&T television subscriber, you would get HBO Max included. So HBO Max would basically replace HBO Go for you. But what was unclear was sort of what other, if any other, like cable providers they were going to make that same deal with. And up until literally the last minute, it seemed like no deal would be in place. And for someone like me who gets HBO through Comcast, the only way for me to get HBO Max without paying HBO like twice each month would be to cancel HBO through Comcast and then sign up again directly through the HBO Max app. But a last minute deal was struck and I I haven't actually tried this yet, but apparently I I can download the HBO Max app, which I would start using instead of the HBO Go app with my Comcast credentials and that would allegedly work. So clear as mud, right? Yeah, so it's confusing to the point where even there's a um a frequently asked questions page on their website of what the difference between the three products is, so they acknowledge that it's a confusing thing and it's written in a very um kind of a corporate way where it doesn't actually um, explain it all well. But like it is confusing and this kind of, before we get into kind of the issue or the, the value proposition of the service entirely, did you have anything else? I, I think I sort of covered the 
confusing logistics of this thing. Yeah, I mean, like, just they're they're in a different spot just because of their existing relationship with different MSOs. Where like, um, like Netflix and uh, Hulu and all these other ones, even even though Hulu got acquired by Disney and that changed some of the dy- dynamics of the content library and that kind of thing, it ultimately they didn't have to deal with carrier relationships and things like that. Where um, HBO is trying to not cut off a gigantic um, existing legacy revenue source. So I get where it's confusing. It's kind of the whole thing of where um, I forget. Like, was this was it was HBO now like announced in partnership with Apple? Like, I I swear that when they did like the whole you can get HBO without having to have cable. Like, I think Apple was involved in that somehow. Oh, I think it might have been announced like during an Apple keynote. Yeah, that that sounds right. Where like that that was it that was novel um, when you could you could get it that way and that was but it was also confusing where it like to step back a minute like when hbo go came out like that was maybe 2014 but everybody was all like very that was seen as like a very um customer forward and and smart thing to do where you could access this thing that used to be available just in a very linear way to cable customers um and event and you could also have like a small amount on video on demand through your cable provider like i mean when was the last time anybody actually used a video on demand through a cable box? Well, I literally can't because Comcast disabled support for their on-demand library through TiVo. Yeah, but TiVo users don't count. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, uh, so yeah, so it used to be like, so either you could watch HBO and occasionally they would be showing Harry Potter in between boxing and and reruns of The Sopranos. And then HBO Go came out, and you had access to all of this content on demand at any time. People were like, well, that was that's an amazing value add for my cable subscription. And then slowly they started moving away from the existing relationship and allowed you to purchase it on your own, which pissed off some of the MSOs. But overall, people still liked it. But the distinction was never really clear for somebody who was just like, oh, yeah, I want to watch uh, Game of Thrones. And do I need to buy HBO Go? No, I can't because it's because uh, I don't have cable. So that kind of thing never really made sense. And now that AT&T kind of lazily just co-opted the HBO brand because they thought it had enough goodwill behind it where they could kind of run that into the ground, calling this whole thing of this concatenation of every media property they own as being HBO Max, it's just like not really that clear. And the issue that I've been having, and I've thrown a whole bunch of links to this and and promo images inside of Slack and that uh, thread that we have where it just feels like H, like the AT&T doesn't really know how to market this where every like I mean we talked about the the dumb uh butta bing ad but like everything they have like um like the most recent thread so they have an ad where it says where HBO meets so much more and it's uh the Rick and Morty show which is trash but that's from Cartoon Network and then kind of this weird like Euphoria is not a teen drama, but like it's it's kind of like it's it's an adult show from H. Like there's just no tie-in between any of the media properties that they're trying to tie together. Where Disney had a whole bunch of stuff, and they made a whole bunch of acquisitions in order to make a really strong content offering before they were going to offer Disney Plus. And then they kind of thought, you know what, we will maybe divest a couple of things and we'll organize this into five distinct channels where we have the family-friendly stuff. We have the adult stuff that we might push onto Hulu. We have National Geographic and Pixar, and we're we're filtering through these very distinct 
brands that customers already know. Where HBO Max, it doesn't really necessarily convey what HBO is anymore because there's all this other stuff now. And you made a good point where nobody really knows what Warner Media is. Like, does Warner Media own DreamWorks? I don't think so. The fact that there's no quick answer to that is not good. Um, so like it just it doesn't make sense where every every bit of marketing that they've had towards this doesn't really explain what the product is. It just sounds like kind of another, like kind of what Hulu used to be, and what Netflix used to be before they had originals, where it's just like stuff. And I think in this crowded landscape, there's not really a place for that. Like, I think like they are effectively marketing the fact that, oh yeah, Hey, there's friends on it, but maybe, maybe I'm like, just as somebody who's not a fan of that, I just feel like everybody probably already got their fill of that when it was on Netflix. Like I know people are still going to watch it because it's just kind of one of those evergreen shows that has a lot of cultural significance and, and, and a big built in audience, but like all this other stuff, like, I don't know who, I don't see the call to action to sign up for this. Because apparently there's also something called Max Originals, and I haven't heard a peep about what any of that is. Like for Disney Plus, like I knew off the bat that there was something from the Star War called The Mandalorian, and they had a whole bunch of um like Disney based stuff and like Kristen Bell has a show. And there's there was all this stuff that you knew that this was a reason on top of a very, very, very strong back catalog to sign up for this service. And also Disney priced it at like this weirdly anti-competitive like not even close to what the value of the service is and hbo is coming in at double the cost of disney plus with a entirely unclear value proposition of what's actually included in it and the marketing is clear as mud and it's just it's a money grab by at&t that doesn't really have a direction and i kind of don't see where it goes from here i mean yeah that that's all that's all super well said the the fundamental difference between hbo max and and disney plus i think comes down to the fact that disney is a household brand in a way that warner media certainly isn't and maybe at&t would start to become something closer to that but at&t still is not really known as a content provider you know they're the ones who have your landline and who have your cell phone um and so they're you know warner's in this this weird position where you know with with a brand like disney not only is is the brand itself a household name but there's sort of this inherent knowledge that basically everybody has where there's like the disney catalog there's disney content that people know about and so if you if you describe disney plus as hey this is a service where you can get all of disney's stuff like that's going to instantly make sense to to most people whereas if you try to say hey sign up for this service where you get all of Warner Media's well AT&T's stuff you know here you go people are going to be like well what what like what the hell is that so then that's where you then have to go okay well we can't call this Warner Max or AT&T Max um or Singular Max or you know whatever <laughs> How dare you? You're trying to get a show title in? Okay. Um, So really, I mean, the only sort of 
semi well-known brand that Warner has is HBO. And so, okay, fine. You use, you use HBO for your, your streaming service, but then you have the problem, which you just elaborated on, which is you're taking the HBO brand and then you're sort of basically just bringing in all of your other Warner media content into this single service. So now you have HBO and other stuff. And actually like that last ad that you put in the Slack, which has the the Rick and Morty combined with, what'd you say that other show was? Euphoria. Euphoria. Like the literally the tagline here is where HBO meets so much more. And that, I mean, that kind of is what, what this service is, is, is it's, it's HBO's stuff and then everything else that Warner slash AT&T owns, which doesn't have the same ring to it as, hey, here's a streaming service with the entire Disney catalog. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, and even if you just go to hbomax.com, like they're, so they, they do lead with HBO content as being the biggest draw to it. But then every other section doesn't really, like, there's no continuity with it. Like, does it, like, I don't know, like, it just feels like there's no, yeah. Like, I, I think for as much crap as people give Comcast for their acquisition and maybe how, how, if, if they've squandered goodwill from their acquisition of NBC Universal, even though Peacock in a lot of ways is kind of going to probably be a failure or, they're not going to execute it on it because they want to tie it into existing video subscribers for Comcast proper. The NBC Peacock um, logo and like what people think NBC is has enough brand recognition where if you think, oh, there's this new streaming service, oh, I'm probably going to be able to watch Jimmy Fallon and SNL on it and watch The Office. Like th- there's enough built in identification on what the content library probably is and that's going to be enough of a draw to make you want to see what else there is where hbo max like that was all hbo was already known quantity and now apparently you can watch friends and the fresh prince of bel-air and looney tunes like i mean there's just not a lot there and none of the advertising has matched up and made that any clearer and at a service that like i mean peacock is free to Comcast subscribers as an ad supported thing. And it isn't only gonna be like $5 a month if you're not a Comcast subscriber. Like it's gonna be very cheap. Something like that. Although before we give them too much credit, the the rollout there and the pricing around it and who gets what has also been kind of equally confusing. But well, I mean, they're gonna launch it during the Olympics and it'll be fine. <laughs> um. So yeah, so I don't know. Like I, I, I don't, I'm not trying to hate on it, but like I, I just... This has felt like one of the the laziest over-the-top services to come out just because it comes out at a time when everybody's getting kind of subscription fatigue. Like, I mean, and I feel like even Quibi had more of a, like, marketing message. Like, I think ultimately the content's probably going to be good and, and hopefully the app is good and it's reliable and all that kind of stuff because, I mean, HBO Max, like, their back end is... It's been it's been it's been stress tested by Game of Thrones and HBO has been kind of one of the the biggest names in that side. So like I think the technology is is going to be fine, but I just think like they they got they got to figure out the marketing if they want to charge double what Disney is charging. Um, yeah, and like and just even against Netflix, like Netflix comes out with like fourteen original shows every three hours. So what is what is your your value proposition? Apparently, you have a show with Elmo, and that's it. 
So I, this is a little inside baseball, but I, I think it does connect to just the broader issue of kind of what is the the elevator pitch to this service to most people. So if you look at on HBO Max, there's a movies section. And so they've got eight movie images on here. So eight different movies that they're they're highlighting. And it, it so they've right right off the bat with what they're they're sort of a perfect blend of three of the eight movies have an HBO logo on them, which I guess is implying to me that you know, because HBO still licenses recently released movies to to run on their service. So I guess these these three movies, Crazy Rich Asians, Shazam, and Detective Pikachu, are on HBO. So that's why they're on the service. And then you have another movie, Wonder Woman, which is a DC property. And I just I just happen to know that you know Warner Media owns the movie and tv licenses for for dc properties so okay so that's why that's there but then there's like the lord of the rings don't have a clue why that's on the service doesn't have the hbo logo so i don't think it's because of that i guess it's because god who who produced lord of the rings i don't even remember now but i guess they're a Warner Media property, so like I, I guess I, I again like that's it is like a nerdy inside insider thing that I actually kind of wouldn't want to know the answer to. But even to the layman, it's sort of like every piece of content on Disney Plus, like you know why that's there because it's it's Disney, it's it's part of the Disney catalog. But like I look at this and be like, why is Lord of the Rings on this service? Like cool, I guess, but not sure why it's here. Yeah, like so in a couple of like so it's it's good that you point this out cuz like it it doesn't it's also like there's this is more reason to think a lot of this is kind of silly where if you'll remember about HBO whenever they license a movie they only get the rights to it for like 3 months. Right. Where like whenever I'm on HBO it always uh like the over the top when I have HBO now uh on the little carousel it always shows you like movies leaving this month. So these aren't even movies that are going to stick around for a long time because they always have a very short window that HBO actually has them. And then, yeah, you have Lord of the Rings because uh, AT&T apparently owns the rights to Elijah Wood as a human being or something. <laughs> and then you have, and like, it also doesn't make sense with Casablanca. Like, I mean, an amazing classic movie, but also came out in probably like 1942, not super relevant. I mean, if you wanted to say it has classic movies, great. But then they're also not explaining that like Spirited Away is a Hayao Miyazaki movie, which has been not available on streaming services at all and licensed distribution in the United States for his movies and, and the um, what's it called Studio Ghibli uh, franchise. Like those are very, very good movies. And this was a big get for HBO and AT&T, but that's not called out anywhere. You just have a movie that most Americans probably haven't heard of, Spirited Away, which is a good movie. And you, they're not explaining what that is. I don't know what Shazam is. That sounds like a like a third rate superhero movie. Like it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And again, there's not a con, like hit movies. Like just Casablanca doesn't fit that. I'm 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 sorry. Like it it, it came out 60 years ago. It's a great movie, but like I feel like the people watching Not So Late with Elmo are not the same people that are watching like Turner classic movies and appreciate black and white cinema and in like um, touchstone movies of Americans. Like I mean, it's it doesn't necessarily speak to me. And I feel like if they, that they're going to have to figure out a way to tighten this up because every other streaming service has a much more compelling value proposition, even, even Peacock. So then just sort of the, um, icing on the cake here, 
I I totally just assumed that one of the things that Warner was going to do with this service, kind of similar to what Disney did with Disney Plus, was use the launch of Disney Plus as a way of basically making 4K their standard and and releasing a bunch of their older content which was not previously available in 4K available in 4K and that, that's exactly what what Disney did and it, it's awesome so all the Star Wars movies in 4K for the first time many of the Pixar movies in 4K for the first time it's great and I just totally assumed that with HBO Max we would get Game of Thrones in 4K for the first time and you you could technically buy it on disc and you could buy UHDs but there was no 4K streaming version of it so I thought like, oh, it'd be cool to like go back and watch a couple of my favorite Game of Thrones episodes in 4K. Or I'm I'm watching Westworld, which is one of their current shows. And that's that's a really, you know, highly produced show that would, would look great in 4K, but hasn't been available in that format streaming yet. But no, there's none of that here. There's no 4K content on HBO Max. It's still still all 1080p, which is just it's i mean probably not something that like a ton of people care about but the fact that especially with the first run like latest stuff that 4k hdr isn't the standard here is just pretty half-assed well i mean they're just being considerate in the era of coronavirus making sure that they don't overwhelm tubes (laughs) i'm yeah i'm sure i'm sure that was the primary reason um and then the last thing on this is uh going back to the hbo max website I like under start your free trial, already an HBO subscriber, you might have access to HBO Max. Click this link to figure out if you do. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I like that. Uh, If you are a Apple, Google Play, Samsung, Optimum, Verizon, Fios, what the hell is consolidated communications? You have access to HBO Max right now at no extra cost. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. This is... (laughs) Wait, my provider isn't listed. Stay tuned. I don't know. Again, I'm I'm trying. I'm not. I I'm not in the business of just crapping over all this kind of stuff. But it just it, I, it get the marketing together, and I'm sure this will be worthwhile. But like, ultimately, we're getting to a point, and we we talked about this a lot, where people are going to have to come down to the point where they're looking at their entertainment budget and what they're going to sign up for, and really. So you have Netflix, Disney Plus, um as the essentials and then you also have to think do you want uh, do you want hulu do you want espn plus do you want peacock do you want hbo max do you want um i think there's like 20 other over the top servers but eventually you're gonna have to figure out what your entertainment budget is for cord cutters and where does this 15 dollars a month fit into that and can they effectively make the make the case for why people should sign up for it because like they do not have any type they do not have a mandalorian um to get people who love a franchise into it. Yeah, the only the only way that this fits in for me is because I'm already an HBO subscriber and feel like I watch enough HBO content to continue making that worthwhile. If there was some type of surcharge on top of my regular HBO subscription so that I could get access to all of Warner's other stuff, like no way. The, I mean, the only the only reason I'm going to end up having access to this thing is because it already fits into something that I'm paying for and using. So it's kind of just a free value add for me. But if there if this if there were any incremental cost here, that would be a, a total non-starter. Sorry, sorry, Aquaman. 
Hey, Pitbull did the did the marquee song for that. <laughs> DC is the bad one, right? Yeah, it's yeah, it's not great. Or I mean, like Marvel is the one. Like, if you're somebody who likes superheroes, Marvel is the the one that has the good movies, and DC is always kind of crummy. Like the, the the Christopher Nolan Batman movies were phenomenal. I I think I like the I've been trying to get you to watch those forever. Like The Dark Knight is that's a that's a top five all time favorite movie of mine. Everything everything since that trilogy DC related has been bad. Not even in a pandemic do I bother to watch. It's it's too bad. It's, it's a good movie. Uh, I I I started. I watched half of Onward and gave up. So mm, yeah, it's kind of disappointing. Yeah, Get, which one am I supposed to watch again? Maybe this week. Which one is it? The Dark Knight Rises or something? No, uh, the the Dark Knight Rises, which is the third movie, is the definitely the weakest of the three. I mean, which one am I supposed to watch in case I get bored? I mean, I, I guess you you could just watch The Dark Knight. It's it's technically the second movie. It, there's not. I mean, you know who Batman is, and that's so. That's sort of you know the the first movie is is the origin story of Batman. So you could probably get away with skipping it. Although that's a really good movie too. So I I would recommend watching the two movies. But well, I'm I'm only giving one, and this is a big maybe. Which one am I supposed to watch? The Dark Knight is the one okay. that you want to watch. Right. That's that's to Heath that's that's Heath Ledger as the Joker and he's he's great in that. All right. Really really good opening sequence too. That that's a movie that I know like one of your issues with the uh, with the Star Wars was it's a bit of a slow burn in the beginning and I'll I'll grant you that a new hope, you know, it's takes a little while to to kind of get going. Well Star, um, Star Wars is mostly that I just don't care. Like it just n- none of what's being discussed ever grabs me. And I'm not somebody who needs like explosions on screen. It's just like I don't Yeah. Well the the, the Dark Knight has a very iconic opening sequence. So it it should um it should get your attention right away. It it'll make it it'll make it easy to know whether you'll like it or not because if you're not into it like in those first 5 minutes then then it's probably not going to be your thing. Okay. Over 2 hours or under 2 hours? It's a it's a long one. I think it's I think it's over two and a half. All right, you got anything else or chef special time? Let's do chef special. All right. So I, I'm just I'm just gonna do it. it. It may as well be the week for this. I'm gonna make this silly standing desk converter my my chef special. The the I didn't actually you think you said the the brand name I didn't the, the fit two eyes <laughs> height adjustable standing desk thirty six inches wide sit to stand converter stand up desk tabletop workstation for dual monitor riser sd309 101 wb amazon link will be in the notes it's it's not like the the nicest looking thing but it's actually for 150 dollars or you, it's like, it looks like you can get it for like 140 right now on amazon it's actually surprisingly well made the the mechanism for lowering it and raising it works really really well it's it's a it's a solid little piece of equipment. All right. Have I already made the the brother label printer a pick? I don't think you have. Okay. So this is a very um splurgy uh or this is this is a very unnecessary thing for the vast majority of people to have, but send you a link. So this is the brother QL-1110NWB uh, thermal label printer. And with us doing a whole bunch of e-commerce these days and just the convenience of, and I've, I just have to 
of the past year, I've had to ship a lot of documents and just things like where a design frequently will need a label and having to put like sticky labels in a um, traditional like eight and a half by 11 laser printer or worse. And what I usually end up doing, cause I'm just a, sometimes not that thoughtful. I will just print it on regular paper and then do the maddening exercise of trying to use shipping tape to affix a regular non-sticky label to a package or envelope. It's not fun. So this, and also I think I benefit from the fact that this is out of stock at Amazon, so you can't see how much it actually costs. Um, it's, I think, 250 or 299 It's a very, very expensive niche product. But um, yeah, it's amazing. It has, It's an air print capable uh, 4x6 label printer where it is from any iOS device or Mac or PC. You can print a perfectly printed sticky label in like two seconds and it's great how how is the software on this thing that's been one of my complaints with that you asked about my brother document scanner so the software's pretty so-so well there is no software like i assume for a scanner it's different but for a mm-hmm. printer there there is no software you're just, you're just using air just print. os 10 yeah. yeah that's that's nice air prints kind of that's an underrated feature of ios devices yeah, like so, it it's overall pretty good. I can I can assume where like I mean because like I have when I was doing that whole um, family photo digitization product, I was having to use uh, the Epson Fast Photo software, which honestly, when you install it, like it feels like you're intentionally giving your Mac a virus. Like it's just so <laughs> it's like the software's so fucking sketchy. Um, and I assume Brother is the same way, where it's just like the person who wrote this has never touched a Mac. <laughs> and it's just, it's very disconcerting but yeah for this it wor- it works out great um and again even though it's costly if it's something like that you're going to have for several years like if you just think hey would i pay five dollars every time i need to print a label for this not to be a 15 minute frustrating exercise i think it pays for itself in like a year and a half you know you didn't even realize it but you you actually just convinced yourself to buy that breville espresso machine no, no, again, if if it drops to, if it goes on sale by, if I either find a coupon that is valid for it, or it drops on any website down to five ninety I'll buy it. Like, I'll suck it up. I'm not, I'm not willing, I'm not going to wait until it's 4.30. Like, I, that hope is gone. But I'm just not going to pay a sticker for it. 